Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today we're going to talk, our our title is On Guard, and we're talking about guarding in the Bible. And what do you have for us today, Shannon? Well, the first thing, uh, the verse that comes to everyone's mind right away is, is Proverbs 4, 23-27. Why don't you give us that one? Proverbs 4. 23-27. It talks about guarding your heart and your mind. Oh, that's a good one. That's not what came to my mind first, but let me read that to you. Okay. Okay. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. And I want to tell you the one that came to my mind is um, 1 Timothy 6.20. Part of it says, guard what has been entrusted to you. That one is the one that comes to my mind. Guard okay. what has been entrusted to you. But before we, I want to do a quick shout out to a fellow podcaster who knows nothing about us, but I loved his podcast, Carvel Wallace. He has a 10-episode podcast called Finding Fred, and it's kind of about Mr. Rogers and about what people have learned from his show and from him as a person, and I totally, totally recommend that. So let's go back to guarding. Okay. Okay, so we, we have to look at what our definition of guard is. What is the definition of guard? I have it. Okay. Okay, guard, the act or duty of protecting or defending. Guard, defend, to watch, take care. How's that? Very good. Uh, the, the noun versions in the Old Testament, um, the word guard meant the, the guards who ran in front of David's chariot. Hmm. The, first, the, the first ones out front, the first ones that would come into contact if there was something going on, that would, they were diligently guarding the king. And the same thing in the New Testament. Uh, the Greek word simply means someone who guards the king, who guards uh, something of great importance. So, yeah, it... When we talk about guarding, I always think, because of our time in the military, you know, guard duty. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, and guard duty can it's be boring. one of the most boring things in the world. If nothing happens, you spend hours and hours and hours, oftentimes alone, oftentimes in the dark, you just watching wave. for nothing. Now, yeah. if something happens, of course, you have to be ready for it. So you have to be alert the whole time. But most of the time... It's boring. Nothing is going to happen. You know what I remembered? I remembered when I was in Haiti, and I was on guard duty one night in 1994. We were already married, but we weren't living in the same place yet. And I was had guard duty. Oh, it was forever. And it was just in the middle of Haiti, and it was all just not a nice area where we were at. And I heard roosters, and it was weird because the roosters are roosters, but they sounded different in Haiti, like they cock a dude in a different language or something. And and it was just, you just begging that sun to come up. I mean, just waiting for the light to shine because that guard duty is just, it's just the biggest danger is falling asleep or being bored or being distracted. Well, and that's the challenge. I think that challenge comes with us too. When we're guarding our hearts and our minds, it's easy to become complacent. Yeah, because you think, think that nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. I'm okay, I'm... Surrounding myself with all these good things, it's it's okay. But 
there's a certain amount of diligence that's necessary for this. It's an active thing. Guarding mm-hmm. is an action. It's not um, inaction. You can't passively guard. You have to actively guard. And by actively guarding, I mean you have to do things okay. to guard your heart and your mind. You have to do things to guard the knowledge that you have from God. It has to be an action. I have um, a couple more. Okay. Uh, in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 2, 11 says, Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. And, oh, ab- above that in the same proverb, for, in 6 through 8, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. So it seems we need to pursue God's stuff, God traits, to protect our heart. Right? And one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, thinking about this guarding thing, is we have to make sure that the concept of guarding our hearts and our minds is not out of fear. Oh, right, right. We can't be living in a world of fear because we... We serve a risen Savior, an active God. So we can't be living in a world of fear. So when we think about these things, you know, if God's for us, who can be against us sort of thing. But we also, I also came up, saw one that just struck me. Okay. And I hadn't thought about this as guarding before. But Jesus said in uh, John fourteen six, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. And when I'm thinking about guard duty. Uh-huh. You get the password to get past the guard, oh. to get into everything else. Jesus is the guard in some ways. Right. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So for us to get to the Father, we go through Jesus. So Jesus is kind of that, he's that door that we have to pass through. But in not living in fear, um, God doesn't want us to live in fear. But we are we are meant to be wise. There has to be a wisdom, wisdom of good and innocence of evil. So when we're talking about these things, I, I just, we need to treat uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about treating our body as a living sacrifice. Mm. And that passage that we started with there uh, out of Proverbs was, was saying, you know, it talked about your heart, your mind, what to do with your eyes. All the things in our body have to be directed in the same direction. Mm. It's so easy to lose track of what we really want because of all the things that are going on around us. Oh, in Mark 4.24, part of the verse, it says, Jesus says, take care what you listen to. Isn't that good? It's guarding your ears, too. And in the world we live in, it's so easy to go off on tangents in strange directions. Uh, Matthew 13.22, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. He talks about the weeds that were sown in the weeds, and the thorns choked them out. And he said that was the world. Yes. The world can take what was good was the seed planted in you. The world the world can take that and choke the life out of it. If we're not diligent in our, in our duty, in our job. We've been given a great gift, and it's our job to protect it. I was thinking the same thing, the parable of the sower. Because I wrote this, the good soil, it shows how to guard your heart. It says, okay, in Mark 4.20, and those, the ones who had good soil, those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. So we have to be able to hear the word 
So we have to ask God to open our hearts and minds so we can hear the word. But then when we hear it, we need to latch on to it and accept it. And only then will we have fruit. And then that protects us from all sorts of things in life. And that, that, those steps you put in there, I think, are very important. I mean, we, we need to be listening. We need to hear it and take it into ourselves. But in addition, we also need to bear fruit. So there should be evidence of that acceptance of Christ in our, in our lives. And if we are not careful and we are not guarding ourselves, it's easy for that to be lost. Because fruit is something that would be visible and useful to other people. So if we are living in fear and not living in, not living in faith, if we, are, if we are living in the world uh, instead of being of the world but not in it, if we are in the world, that fruit's not going to be visible to anyone else. Well, and God can't do anything with us if we're not doing our part. So my question here is, what does it matter? Why do we need to guard our hearts and our minds? And I think the reason why we have to, because the world, our own flesh, our own, you know, wants to make us negative and doom and gloom. And if we are, if we can be swayed that way. We Jeremiah, can be, yeah, go ahead. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That And the rest of that verse is because they're trusting in people. That's right. why. And then, oh, I wrote that down too. And then Matthew fifteen nineteen. This is really good. Okay, so remember this verse that Shannon just read, the Jeremiah 17, 9. And Matthew, this, this one will sound very familiar. I know you all have heard this verse. Matthew 15, 9. 1519, excuse me, says, uh, I'm coming, I'm fine. Jesus says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slander, slanders. So it's, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and those defile the man. So why I brought that up was because if we're not guarding our heart, that's the kind of things that we're going to grow in our hearts and minds. So what we feed on is what's going to grow inside us, spiritually speaking, that is. So you're saying you are what you eat? Yes, yeah, spiritually we are definitely what like our mothers used to tell us when we were kids. You are what you eat. Um, one of the other, the, the concept that really struck me as, I, as I'm going through this, it's so easy for us as Christians to sometimes think that we have to lock ourselves away in a dark room with a big key and keep ourselves away from the world. But that, again, is its spirit of fear. And God's not calling us to have a spirit of fear. Uh, we are meant to be courageous, strong and courageous, and understand that if we truly love someone, there is no fear in love. Right. So First John, John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So while we are in the world but not of it, when we are walking our walk with, with Christ in this lifetime, um, we have to make sure that we're doing it in a, from a position of strength. Jesus says in um, John seventeen fifteen, he's pr- this is his prayer, and Jesus says to the Father, I do not ask thee to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. So we're not supposed to hide away. We're supposed to be... Open. I think. I think being courageous means being honest and vulnerable. A lot, not hiding behind facades or hiding behind masks, which 
the world loves to do that. They put on identities and, and they tell us, let's be this way and you'll be successful. But no, but God doesn't call us to be a certain way. He just calls us to, to look at him and he knows what we were created to be. To be truly myself, I need to, to be close to Jesus because he, he knows me better than I know me. And when I am fully me, that's when I am the most courageous. Don't you think? I, I mean, we're, when we're fully ourselves and we're vulnerable, we're honest, we're not hiding behind anything. When we're fully ourselves in confidence, when we're fully ourselves and fully within Christ, that's where I think we find the most strength. Um, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That peace, that peace that passes all understanding is so important in this concept of what we are guarding. You know, as a soldier, when you're in a, in a combat situation, you don't know what's coming next. You never know what's coming next. As Christians, we do. Right. We know the end of the story. We're fighting on the winning side already. So whatever happens to us, we're going to win in the end. And if we go with that kind of confidence, knowing that we and Jesus is impossible to defeat, think of the strength and the courage you would have if you know that you're already on the winning side, that there's absolutely no way this is going to go any other way. Okay, I want to go back to this the idea of guard duty, though, because mm-hmm. I think guard duty and all the boredom and all the tediousness and how long it takes and sometimes it just seems like the, the night will never end, I think that is a lot like daily life. And so I was thinking about guard duty. What does a soldier or Marine or let's just say soldier, okay, uh, we were in the army, so okay. Anyway, okay. A soldier going to guard duty. What does he or she need? They need a working weapon. They got to go on there with their weapon. Make sure, they probably won't use it, but you, it has to be working. So they have to make sure they know how to use their weapon. Which, if they're a soldier, they know how to use their weapon because they have to have taken tests and stuff. But they also have to make sure it is working. They have to maintain it. Maintain it, and then of course they need to stay alert. Even during the times when it seems like nothing's going on, there's something going on. That's especially true in spiritually. When we don't think, there's always something going on in the spiritual realm. So we need to stay alert and not like be those ten virgins who fell, started falling asleep. So easy to fall asleep when nothing's going on, especially as you get older. You know, you just, oh, let's take a nap. And nothing against naps. But then also another thing, know your enemy. That is one, because let's say you're on regular guard duty, you're a soldier, and you just see someone coming along, if if you don't know what your enemy looks like, how do you know if that's your enemy or not? Well, I think... I mean, what, I, okay, maybe that's a little I think it, I think there's a, well, I, I, I agree with you, and I think it's one of those things, you stop everything and inspect it before you know whether it's friend or foe. Oh, that's you take true. everything and you expose it to, to the light of God, and when you see it under the light of God, you'll know one way or the other. We're supposed to use discernment. Yes. The more we use it, the better we'll get at it. Military general orders for sentries. Oh, I had that too. Go ahead. I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. I will obey my special orders and perform all my duties in a military manner. I will report violations of my special orders, emergencies, and anything not covered in my instructions to the commander of the relief. 
I love those points there. I yeah. will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. There is no time in this life that we should ever be off our guard. But, we will be properly relieved when we are face-to-face with Jesus. Right. But I do want to put a little caveat, if that's the right word to say in here, is that I don't want someone to hear this and think, you're supposed to be militants and, and defensive. We're never supposed to be defensive. We're on the offensive, and we're supposed to never get... Don't ever get offended. You know, Jesus never got offended. Our... Gentle, humble, teachable. Well, I'm not sure about Jesus never being offended. I think there were times when he was with the Pharisees. You know, but, but I mean like I the offended like we are these days. And I think uh, that going to that guard duty thing, the weapon that we have been given is the word of God, and God is love. So if if our weapon is the love of God... We shouldn't be offensive with it to people, but we should be on the offense instead of on the defense. Uh, the best defense is a good offense, is a military saying all the time. I thought that was football. The best way you can defend is to attack. No, the best defense is a good offense, is a military quote. Oh. But um, sports is no different. If you're not training, you will not be able to perform when the time comes. Uh, when I'm Coaching football, that's one of the sayings I, I you'll hear the kids will hear me say every single week. You can't fake the work. That's because true. when the time comes, that'll show. When the time comes and you have that confrontation with something that is hugely important, if you haven't been training for it, you will not be ready. There's nothing the work. glamorous about the training. There's nothing. Not, nobody's cheering you during the training. There's, you know, nobody's putting a picture in the paper of you practicing. But if you don't do that, you cannot perform to the ability that God is asking you to perform. And the work we're talking about is is reading the Word, studying the Word, praying. Those things you can't fake. But I, I want to go back to okay, another part of the the um, guard thing. Guard what has been entrusted to you. Paul says that to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.20. already mentioned that. And another one he, he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.14. He says, guard through the Holy Spirit the treasure which has been entrusted to you. And I was trying, you know, I was thinking about the things that have been entrusted to me. And I know part of this is talking about the gifts within you, uh, who you are. But I think also the people God have put it, has have put into our lives all you know family friends church family members we're supposed to in some ways kind of guard them i mean keep watch over we are are a community for a reason you know we're a community of believers for a reason yes and and we don't that's why romans 8 1 says therefore there is no there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and that goes for us too. We should not be condemning people. And we're not the Holy Spirit. We don't need to convict anyone. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But if we see a brother or sister and and we are close to them and we kind of have the right, uh, earn the right, I should say, that we're close to them, we have a relationship with them, and we think we see something wrong in their lives, if we have trust with them, I think we need to, to speak to that. Just to, to guard them from going by the wayside. Because we all can fall. That's very true. I think also, 
Paul talking to Timothy, the other thing that I thought about when I was when guarding what's been entrusted to you, if you are a believer, you will remember vividly the day that you accepted Christ. You remember the feeling, you remember the emotion, you remember the peace, the freedom, the elation that you had at that moment in time. That's something we need to guard because over time, the world can wear that out of you. Yeah. And that is your witness and that is, we know Satan can't take your salvation from you. That's not what I'm talking about here. It's not that you lose your salvation, but you lose your witness. Well, the fruit that we yeah. bear will not be as effective unless we are able to guard that initial feeling, that initial contact with God. We all, if you are a believer, you remember that and you treasure that. And what you treasure, you guard. Well, Jesus says where your heart is, there will your treasure be too. That's in Matthew 6, I believe. And, and so we're supposed to guard the treasure. Uh, but that remembering thing, we have to remember. That's why why they always retold the stories about what God did back in Egypt. We, It's easy after months and days or days, months, and years that nothing real super exciting happens. We might kind of forget a little bit. That's why we have to remember. That's why we go back to the Bible and reread well, what let's talk God about has that. done. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about application here. Okay. okay, so we've been talking about guarding and the things that we should guard and, this, and what guarding is. How do we apply that in our lives? Well, I think the first thing is we have to guard ourselves, our minds, our hearts through knowledge of the Word. Yeah, Hebrews we need 14, the Bible. Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Yeah, constant, constant use. use. That's it's, good. That is an active, constant use. And that is what we all we all aspire to. We want to be mature in our in our faith, but it is a constant constant training, constant use in that one. Something else. Now I know this is biblical, but I don't have a Bible verse for this. But it was this comes from a conversation I was having with our oldest son, and I said one of the things that we need to do is be able to disagree with each other. And still love each other. Be kind. There's no reason why we all have to agree on everything. And I think we need to learn the art of discussion and disagreement. And, and continue to be civil. Because in our, in our uh, society today, everyone is so defensive and argumentative. When actually, I think they could have this exact same conversation. But listen. And try... And, and maybe... The people in the conversation, they would still leave with the same opinions, but they gave each other respect. But I have a, I have a, a quote from a, a passage from a, a Bible study I'm doing by Erica Wiggenhorn, uh, something about the church. Okay, this is good. We must be driven to the scripture in an endless pursuit to solidify and clarify our thinking so we are always ready to defend our positions with gentleness and respect. Cultivating a culture in which we are diligently searching for greater understanding of God's word, character, and plans for his people would probably result in fewer people jumping guardrails and abandoning essential doctrine. That kind of fit, don't you think? I think so. Um, and that... 
That's oh. that passage from First Peter three fifteen. Right. Oh, it's called the unexplainable church, reigniting the mission of the early believers. That's the name of the Bible study. First Peter three fifteen is is kind of where that's coming from. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. Oh yeah. And be ready word. always to give an answer to every man who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. I love. I always love that. That is a good one. You're not. We're not supposed to defend our knowledge. We're not supposed to defend our righteousness. We're not supposed to defend uh, our opinion. We're just supposed to be able to explain why we have hope. So that knowledge, of guarding, the knowledge guarding ourselves through knowledge is one step. Um, another thing I think we, we need to watch what comes in. Right. And that's something we all, we have to guard ourselves against what comes into us. We also have to guard ourselves against what comes out of us. Because right. a thought hits our mind doesn't mean it has to hit our tongue. There needs to be a God filter in between saying, is this beneficial? Is it truthful? Is it going to help someone to is say what kind? you say? Is it kind? Yes. Yeah. That was that James 3 talks about the tongue as a fire. A, mm-hmm. it, yeah. That's, you know, once you set, set, say something, you can't take it back. And, I, oh, here's another verse. Maybe we already read this, but I'm going to reread it. We did read it, but I'm going to read it again. Proverbs 4, 5, and 6. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. My mouth is wisdom's mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. So again, we've got the knowledge of the word. We've got what goes out, what comes in. I think another thing we have to do as part of our guarding our hearts and our minds and the gifts that we've been given by God is we have to follow what God is leading us to do. Mm. I think that's part of it too. If you are fulfilling the role God wants you to be in, then you are you are actively guarding the gifts that God have given, has given you. So following the leading of the Spirit is very important. And that doesn't matter. I don't care what your job is. If that's what God's leading you to do, that's where you should be. And again, if you're where you should be, when, where God wants you to be, when the time comes, something comes up, whether it's an opportunity or a confrontation with spiritual warfare, you will be ready for it because you are where you're supposed to be standing at that moment in time. Oh, that's good. Another thing we should be doing, um, getting some of this off of a really neat article I read online uh, from a, a man named Mike Mobley on uh, beforethecross.com. Um, he talks about community, things like that. But one of the things I really like is this concept of, um, in addition to the other things, we need to keep our priorities right. Mm. And some of that comes from, from not only knowledge of the Word, but from daily spending our time in the Word, from daily going to God in prayer, from daily spending time with Him. Because if we do that, just like if you were on guard duty, you were always assigned guard duty, and there was a captain of the guard. There was someone who was in charge. There was an NCO. Somebody was in charge that you were you were directly working under. And when you were going to go on guard duty, he would give you the passwords. He would tell you what to do. He would tell you where to be. So there was always someone there over the top of you. And you knew that if there was a problem, just like it said in the, in the, the military um, the sentry rules. Sentry rules. It said, I will report violations of anything that happened or emergencies, anything that's not covered to the commander of the relief. We start with God. He sends us out. 
if we run into something we don't understand, can't handle, can't can't fathom, we run back to God. Hmm. And we know that he's always there. And we can always go back and say, hey, I, this is one I can't handle myself. I'm not sure what to do. God will fill in those blanks. I want to, This probably sounds off the wall, but I think from the very beginning, God made, when God created Adam and Eve, I, I'm just going to read this, Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We're cut, we kind of were put in charge to be guardians of all of creation. And I, there's a there's a program we watched. It was the 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 Crap Brothers on PBS when they went to Alaska. And I loved, or we saw all the uh, marine life. In, in California, on, on oh, we're, we gotta wrap this up. But anyway, I see people. This is their job. They're they're getting these endangered animals and making sure they stay okay and flourish. That's just a little part of that's that's them doing a little bit a bit of the guardianship in that way. I just we all have such wonderful things to do for Jesus that I just just live for Him. He's just. Life okay, is so wonderful with him. Okay, go ahead. We better, we better one, close here. Another thing, one other thing I want us to remember, too, is that as daunting as all these things we're talking about can be, we have to remember that we're not alone, that God is there. And um, going back to Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds oh, in I Christ Jesus. Too. And then 1 Peter 1, 5 says... We're protected by the power of God through faith. That's a good one. So that, those concepts of, of guard duty can be daunting, can be a little scary, but understanding that that's who we serve. Yeah, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. Mm-hmm. He who gave us a new heart can be trusted to protect it. Oh, that's good. So we are to protect ourselves, but we're not alone in that. Jesus is actively on guard with us. Yeah. That's a great way to end. There we go. Oh, wait. I want to say thank you for listening. Tell your friends about us. We're getting other places on on the World Wide Web or whatever you want to call it. We're on iTunes, CastBox. I don't know. There's other places we're at. But we're, is, we're trying to get this going. So if you like it, tell some friends. Yeah. L- and like comment. It. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you, too. Um, this is... This is an experiment for us. It's something that, that we felt led to do, and we're just taking off uh, as a couple. You may have noticed when we have our discussions, we don't talk about this until we sit down over the top of the recorder. We don't. Uh, we each do our individual research, and then we come together. And um, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. We, we see different insight from each person. I like that. So thank you for listening, and we're going to pray real quick. Lord, thank you for bringing us all together, and please just teach us how to be guardians of our hearts and minds and and the ones you've put in our lives, and help us all shine for you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. God bless.